Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Bible in Life. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. And if this is your first time listening, then welcome to the Bible in Life podcast, where I try to just walk through the text of Scripture and do so in such a way that it can connect with life, because I believe Bible teaching ought to be blue jeans theology. That is theology for everyday life. And so on this podcast, I take text of Scripture and themes and all that, and just walk down through those texts, try to bring those to life, flesh those out, and then draw out some of the implications for us so that we can follow Jesus and walk with God. So, thanks for joining me. I'm glad you are here. I just got back from a very full week of teaching. I was at a missions conference on the Oregon coast called Week of Missions at Wynema Christian Camp, and had the honor of being the Bible speaker for the camp, which meant I spoke every evening, Sunday through Friday, for about, oh, 40 or 50 minutes. And, uh, man, it's just a great week for me to be able to participate in. So many incredible stories of God's work around the world. Some things I had never even thought about before. A fellow named Chad was there from Death Missions and providing resources, video resources, for the deaf community to help them get to know God, understand the Bible, and walk with Him. Man, it was just so great to hear from him and really so many of the other missionaries that were there. So a really, really wonderful time. My wife and I had a great time, and we were glad to be there. And back home and just jumping back into the swing of things, and and uh, part of that is recording this podcast. So thanks for joining me here. And one story, if I could tell you one story of just uh, something that was really encouraging to me um, that uh, I think might be helpful to you, and that is I have a former student by the name of uh, Mary who is a missionary in Uganda, and um, she said she was a little bit stuck in her own personal Bible reading, and so she actually downloaded Uh, the free resources on my website, which has a Bible reading plan as well as a little three-part video series on just how to read through and pray through a text of Scripture and why we should do that, and even some keys to doing it consistently. And so she watched the videos and had this Bible reading plan that she was working through. Well, as she was just getting started with the Bible reading plan, uh, there's a restaurant that she frequents in the town she's at, and she said one of the the, uh, Ugandan ladies who was working there that um, Mary said she didn't even know had an interest in spiritual things, really. This gal came up to Mary and said, man, I just need to figure out more about this Jesus stuff. And Mary was just shocked that uh, she initiated the conversation. And and so she showed her the Bible reading plan that she was doing and how it was helping her. And, and the gal was very interested. And so Mary got her started on the reading plan. And they're reading uh, this Bible reading plan together in sync with each other. It's three readings a week, and so they're reading those passages and then meeting once a week to actually discuss the reading and kind of help. Mary's helping her grow spiritually through this, and Mary said just the the way, the obvious ways she has grown already in reading through the Scripture together and doing it with her has been just so encouraging and so incredible. And man, that's a great way to use that resource. In fact, I actually put together that Bible reading plan with that very approach in mind. And so there's actually a little column that, in addition to the Bible reading plan that suggests uh, ways you can have a conversation about what you're reading and kind of guide somebody else in that. And so 
If you haven't already, you might check out those resources on my website. I'll have the link in the notes below, but it's uh, johnwhitaker.net slash free dash resources. But I'll have that link down below. Check those out. So a Bible reading plan that really is focused on following Jesus, a three-part video series that uh, helps you understand uh, some keys to reading the Bible and praying consistently and gives you at least one approach to praying through Scripture and there's also a two-page guide I put in there that uh, you'll get that uh, gives some guidance on how to, how to read the Bible with your brain fully engaged, your head, and how to read it with your heart. That we have to do both if we're going to be changed by the Bible. We have to read the Bible with head and heart, and so a two-page guide on that as well. So those are some of the free resources on my website. And man, I just was so encouraged by hearing Mary's story of how not only is it helping her grow spiritually, but because of that, she's able to use it with somebody else who had an interest in spiritual things. And that gal is growing spiritually as well. Super cool. So um, you might want to check those out as well. And if there's somebody in your life that you would like, man, I would love to share this with, or they're interested in growing spiritually, great little resource for that. So check that out if you want, and if that would be helpful to you. Okay, we are walking through Romans 6, 7, and 8 in this current series on the podcast, and we're looking at uh, this section of Scripture because it's so rich for our spiritual growth. It actually teaches an important truth about grace that all too often goes uh, untaught and unknown in our churches, and that's just uh, really, really unfortunate because grace doesn't just free us from the penalty of sin— by justifying us and forgiving us, grace also frees us from the power of sin by virtue of the new life we've been given in Christ and the, the power of the Spirit in us. And Romans 6, 7, and 8 focuses on that second part, that we are free from the power of sin, and we now have a new ability to live a godly, holy life the way we were created to live that's really good for us and brings glory to God. And so that's why we're in this section. And we are at Romans chapter 6, verse 15. And at this point, the second major question of this section appears. And that, uh, that question has to do with um, sin, the law, and grace. So let me read the question to you. The question is this, Romans six fifteen. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? And that's the second major question of uh, these three chapters. The first question begins chapter 6 with, shall we continue on sinning that grace may abound? Since uh, since sin led God to be so merciful and gracious, hey, why not keep sinning so God can keep being more and more merciful and gracious? That was question number one. We've dealt with that uh, in the previous two episodes. This question takes it a little different direction, says, all right, well, what about this? Since we're free from the law, which Paul has already shown in the first bit of Romans, and which Paul argues in a variety of other places in his letter, since we're free from the Old Testament law, and since it's no longer the way uh, God governs his people anymore, since we're no longer under the law, how about we sin now? Can we just do whatever we want, in other words, since... Um, God's law is no longer our covenant. And if you think about it, if you put yourselves in the shoes of the very first audience, particularly think in terms of the, the Jews in Paul's audience, think about this, that um, they didn't have the New Testament as a book yet. They didn't have the New Testament scriptures in total yet. They had bits and pieces, but not the whole thing. And so all they knew as far as... Um, 
the teachings of God, particularly the Jews, were the Old Testament scriptures, the Old Testament law. And Paul has said repeatedly in his preaching, his teaching, and his letters, the law's day is done, that era is past, and it has come to an end, and God is now managing and governing his people in a different sort of way. And so this question picks up on that issue and says, well, if there is, if the law is set aside, and if its day is done, then, then, and we're under grace, then can we just keep on sinning? And Paul's answer to that is, may it never be. May it never be, he says, in response to his own question in verse 15. And then he explains why. And what I want to make sure we see before we work through the details of this text is the imagery that Paul uses in this first paragraph in answer to that question is the imagery of slaves and masters. Slaves and masters. And the reason Paul uses that imagery is because it was everywhere present in his world. Everyone knew about it, and it it really provides a concrete picture for what he's trying to express Um, Some scholars estimate that roughly 20 to 25 percent of the Roman Empire at any given time were slaves. Uh, It was a a huge part of kind of the socioeconomic experience of the Roman Empire. And it wasn't like the American experience of slavery or other parts of slavery in our world. Uh, Slavery in the first century world was really a kind of an equal opportunity venture. Just about anyone could be a slave depending on bad financial choices, right? They didn't have chapter 11 bankruptcy, so you might have to be a slave to pay off debts through being a prisoner of war. There are a lot of ways you could become a slave. You could be born into slavery. Um, And so a wide variety of people were slaves and it was part and parcel of the empire, and it provides, therefore, a very concrete picture or bit of imagery for the point Paul wants to make in what follows. And this imagery has really been in the background of everything he said so far in Romans chapter 6, and now it, it comes to the fore, all right? It comes right to the fore, and we can see exactly what Paul is thinking. And in doing so, he helps us understand how our relationship to sin has changed now that we've moved from outside of Christ to inside of Christ. So, um, listen to what he says, beginning in verse 16, as he explains why it is we should no longer sin, even though we're not under the law. And the basic answer he's going to give is, well, you're a slave, a servant to whichever master you obey. So listen to verse 16. He says, Don't you know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you're slaves of the one whom you obey? In our case, he says, either of sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which results in righteousness. And so the picture is, look, if, if you have two options for masters, well, the one you actually obey, that's the one you're actually a slave to. And in our case, he's using this imagery with regard to slave uh, or with sin and righteousness. And so he says, if you obey sin, then, then sin's actually your master, so you're a slave to sin. If you obey God or you obey righteousness, then you're a slave to him. Um, and that's uh, that's ultimately why it is we need to make sure we shouldn't keep on sinning because God intends to set us free from sin. So he says this in verse 17, he says, but thanks be to God 
that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Now, couple observations as we work through this section. You really need to pay attention to the before and after nature of the language um, to help you understand Paul's point fully. So notice in verse 17 and 18, which I just read to you, that it says uh, that though you were past tense slaves of sin. That's who you used to be, but you're not anymore. So though you were slaves of sin, you now became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. You became obedient to the heart of Jesus from the heart of Jesus' teaching. Um, and therefore, he says in verse 18, having been freed from sin. Notice that, past tense again. Having been freed from sin, you're no longer, sin is no longer your master. You're no longer under his authority. You no longer have to take instructions, orders from him because now you've been freed from him and you've become slaves to righteousness. So that before and after language is very important. We'll see it uh, several times as we go through this paragraph. Really important for us to understand. He doesn't say you shouldn't be slaves of sin. He doesn't say, you know, if you try hard enough, you won't be slaves to sin. He's talking about a definitive change of um, allegiance, a definitive change of identity. You used to be something, and now you're not anymore. You used to be slaves to sin, but now righteousness, God, is your master. And so there's been a, a definitive change in who you are. That's very important because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, the Proverbs tell us. If we think of ourselves as nothing more than a forgiven sinner, well, I'm just a sinner, and I'm thankfully forgiven by God, but I'm just still a sinner— we're going to act like a sinner. But if we realize, no, that's not who I am anymore. I'm actually a servant of righteousness, and I've been set free from the power of sin. We will begin to live differently, and that's what Paul wants for us. Let's keep reading. Verse 19 says, Now, I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. So he says, I'm using just an everyday example, something you guys can understand because it's all around you, this imagery of slaves and masters. And so then he carries on with the illustration. He says, for just as you presented uh, your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, in other words, when you were, when slave or when sin was your master and your boss, you offered yourself the parts of your body to do what uh, sin told you to do. But now that you have been set free from sin and you've, you've become a servant of righteousness, he says, so now present the parts of your body as slaves to righteousness, and that will result in sanctification. So your identity has changed. Your allegiance has changed. Now righteousness is your master. And so you need to arrange your life, as we talked about in our last episode, you need to arrange your life to offer the parts of your body to righteousness, to do righteousness's bidding, to do what righteousness wants you to do. And so you, you need to concretely, practically, tangibly rearrange your life to say, okay, I am going to make it easy for righteousness to tell me what to do. I'm going to make it easy for righteousness, for me to hear righteousness's instructions. That means you're going to do different things with your body, right? You're going to 
You're going to listen to scripture. You're going to organize your life for prayer. You're going to organize your life to fellowship with God's people so you can be encouraged and taught and built up in that. You're going to um, be in worship with God's people so you can uh, have your heart stirred with holy affections towards God so that you fall deeper and deeper in love with God and so that you see his beauty and his desirability more, right? You're going to rearrange your life so that you can actually hear your new master instruct you on what you should do. And your new master is righteousness. And the result of that rearranging is, he says, sanctification. Sanctification is a big Bible word that just means becoming holy. So the result of this rearranging your life to listen to righteousness will result in you becoming holy. You'll become more and more like Jesus. Um, He goes on in verse 20 and he says, for, giving an explanation, a reason for, when you were, notice the past tense again, when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. You didn't have to listen to righteousness. You didn't take instructions from righteousness, right? Because righteousness wasn't your master. Sin was your master. Um, And and he says, therefore, what benefit did you derive from the things of which you are now ashamed from doing those things? Well, the outcome of those things is death. And so when you were listening and taking orders from sin, it led to death. But now, notice the before and after, but now, having been freed from sin, sin is no longer your master. You no longer take orders or instructions from him. And you, instead, you've been enslaved to God. Now you derive your benefit, resulting in sanctification, in becoming holy. And the outcome of that is eternal life. And so, as you uh, now begin to arrange your life according to who you are now, your new identity, the ultimate result of that is eternal life. As you, by the grace of God and the strength which God provides and the new freedom that he's given you, the new liberation he's given you, you rearrange your life to listen to your new master, righteousness, or here called God, right? So God's righteousness, you listen to that, the ultimate outcome is eternal life because the wages of sin is death. When you listen to sin and you, and, and you, you, know, you take instruction from him and you say, I'm going to work for sin, well, what sin pays is death. So if you decide to work for sin, your paycheck will be a paycheck of death. But on the other hand, the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so God has set you free from the power of sin and death through Jesus. And now you have the freedom to actually live out the very kind of life you were created to live, the very kind of life God made you to live, the kind of life that leads to to a flourishing, eternal life life. That's the way it works. And so, shall we continue sinning because we're not under the law? No way, because sin leads to death um, and righteousness leads to life. And so grace sets you free from the power of sin so that you can now, you can now listen to righteousness. You can listen to God and that will lead to eternal life. All right, that's the first, first part of his answer to uh, why we why we shouldn't sin because we're not under the law. Part two shows up in the first paragraph of chapter seven. We'll look at that in our next episode. But just maybe as you think ahead to that, just know that somehow the law became an accomplice with sin. And therefore, it actually didn't lead to the freedom that we have in Jesus. That's what he's going to say. So in Jesus, we have a kind of freedom. 
that law-keeping and the Old Testament law could not provide. And it's that kind of freedom Paul is calling us to live out by virtue of faith in Jesus. All right, thanks for joining me for this episode of the, uh, the Bible and Life. I pray that you will just continue to examine your life and, and really reflect on how are you arranging your life to actually stay attached to God and take instructions from Him and His righteousness in your life so that you can increasingly and progressively become holy from the inside out. That's the implication of this, uh, this text. And so may you and may I be the kind of people who prayerfully just reflect on our life, talk to God about it, let God show us ways that we could intentionally rearrange our life to that end. All right, I hope you have a good week as you walk with Jesus. As always, bear in mind that this podcast is a listener-supported show, and what makes it possible for me to have the space and the freedom and the opportunity to share these resources with you is the generosity of people just like you, the generosity of God's people. And so if you're able to and you would like to, um, you can support the show in one of two ways. You can go to my Patreon page. Again, the link will be in the notes below. You can go to my Patreon page, become a patron of the Bible and Life podcast, and one of the perks of that is you get a bonus podcast every month, and uh, currently we are looking at the background of the book of Revelation. So that's one way you can support the show. The other way you can support the show is uh, you could just donate through the uh, through World Family Mission, and as you do that, that all donations given there are tax deductible. So one of two ways you could support the show. And any gifts you give are deeply appreciated and provide the opportunity for me to be able to continue creating online digital resources to help people grow in their walk with God, follow Jesus, get to know the Bible, and become more like Jesus from the inside out. So if you want to be a part of that um, by giving generously, then take a look at the, the links down below and choose one of those options for you. All right, God bless you guys. Thanks again for joining me on The Bible in Life. And we will talk to you again soon.